Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you. I don't know if this man needs an introduction, just one number and two thumbs. Number 199 and Mr. Two Thumbs, there it is. And how how many times have those thumbs been broken, Mr. Travis Pastrana? Oh, I appreciate it, Jared. Always, uh, always a pleasure. Yeah, man. How many times have your thumbs been broken, man? Because that's like your signature thing. It's on graphics. It's what you do. If it's good or bad or otherwise or indifferent, it's just always like this physical indication that you're, I'm okay. Yeah, even broken leg and everything else always, uh, always yeah. got thumbs up. But uh, ironically, so I've got a fused wrist on on this side, yeah. so it, it only like nothing goes past there. So I uh, actually last year when we first started working with the FC1X, um, it's got so much power, so much torque, and the power steering was a little underwhelming at the first round, and I landed sideways off a jump, and my thumb. Yep, I mean, if you had a normal wrist, it would have been fine, but uh, dislocated the whole thumb just got pulled pretty much right off. Uh, and then I dislocated again in Gymkhana filming just uh, a couple months later. Uh, but since then, it's been it's been attached. <laughs> it sums up. Yeah, I mean, great, great segue right into it. You know, I, I just told you, I said, hey, Travis, would you be interested in being on this? And I think you entered. Yeah, of course. Like, again, we've worked together for a few years and known each other over the years. But most recently, Nitro Cross. And just when and, and now I feel like it's a new resurgence, even in our 23 going into 24 season because of. <laughs> I think your energy and fervor, given that Dana White's involved, I, I think you're ready to run through a wall. I, I don't think the car even needs an engine. It just runs on TP energy. Um, but overall, Nitro Cross, it's got to be exciting for you just going from, you know, pit bikes to two strokes to, you know, backflips to now this great, you always say it with age comes a cage. But how about Nitro Cross? What do you say to the naysayers that are like, I don't know, I can't do it. EV, oh. thousand horsepower rally car. So the interesting part is what we kind of came to the conclusion with, and, and same with Dana White, why he jumped on board. He said, look, electric is the future. Electric is is great, but everyone's pitching electric as, let's save the planet. And yes, that's awesome. I think there's so many positives going forward. But as a racer, as an enthusiast, I want the most powerful, most exciting vehicle that I can possibly drive. One that scares the absolute the doo-doo Beep. out of me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of drivers out there that are actually in our championship. I mean, there's not many people that sign up for Nitro Cross. Like we even had Jensen Button, phenomenal driver, awesome dude, um, you know, came over and, and raced the first round that didn't have the gap jumps. And he got to the gap and he's like, you know what? This, this sport's just, it's just not for me. He goes, we have so much power coming from an F1 world champion um, to say this car, it just, it accelerates so hard. It goes so hard. And with these tires, the, the Yokohama is basically a street spec. He goes, when we hit the dirt, it's so hard to put the power to the ground. And we're always sideways and we're expected to jump hundred plus foot gaps over top of other cars. He's like, that's, this is not precision. This is, uh, th- this is crazy. And, and I think that's kind of what we're doing with the electrics. It's a perfect formula we can get the maximum amount of power out of these, these nitro cross cars and these FC one X vehicles um, because they're racing so short. It's so much of, that's why I think rally cross is going to do so well in the U S you know, once people start understanding what it is, because it's short duration, it's in your face. It's right now. um, One event leads to the next event, leads to the next event. We got, you know, all the years of experience through nitro circus to have uh, skateboarding and BMX and moto and shit. We got uh, class 11 cars coming in there, the buggies, Volkswagens, and <laughs> like all this other, you know, the Can-Ams class and, and everything else. So the electric cars, 
have to be the star. And in order for them to be the star, they have to be scary fast. We've had some of the biggest crashes I've ever seen. I mean, and, um, Andreas Backrud, you know, he had never rolled a car. He's world, uh, you know, he got second in the W World Rally Cross Championship. Uh, he won, you know, the European Rally Cross Championship. Never flipped a car in his life. He gets in this his first year in electric cars. He had nine rolls in two separate crashes. And he's like, I am petrified. But I think, you know, <laughs> and I don't want to make this sound too dangerous. We don't get other drivers coming in. I mean, Kyle Busch jumped in uh, the series, Chase Elliott. Um, uh, there's been a lot of, of the, the top yeah. kind Austin of drivers. Cindric, in yeah. yeah, Austin, yeah. of course. Um, yeah. You know, even Connor Daly jumped in at the, the first round. And right. it, it's really cool to see all the crossover and so many drivers that your drivers that love to drive that love to have the most power of anything that love to fly, that love to test themselves. This is their series. And I feel like it's going to work with electric because we're not trying to do the same thing, but in electric, we want more power and electric can give yeah. us that. It, I mean, again, you could just go on a tangent. That's it. Thanks. That's all we got. That's all the time we got. Thank you so <laughs> <Sorry>. much. Nitro Cross, <laughs> Travis Pastrana. He is the unofficial mayor, but I, I think it is a testimonial to you and everybody understanding that it is progression. I, I, li- I liked what you said there. Yeah, save the planet, but also you want it to be scary, right? It's it's intimidating, and you have to respect it. Von Gittin Jr. was on the podcast uh, last week before you, and he he said the comment he had was audio. And I think it's an interesting juxtaposition because it does make a little, you know, that kind of audio tech noise. You know, Von got his audio produced by t-pain but i yeah, think it's a cool I, he had like a full track made for his yeah i like the whoosh and he mixed all these things and um I, I love that but i like the juxtaposition of the the quietness but what he was and, and i like the gravel machine gun going underneath the carbon kevlar and he just kind of this racing pinata just spraying out but he <laughs> talked he talked he talked about pinata. it sorry i'm yeah, gonna I have that made, that shirt made up i'm sure um he talked about it in the cabin because there's only so many people that race F1 in a year. There's only so many people that race Nitro Cross in a year. And like you said, you have this kind of star star car circling around. How is it in that cockpit of that thing? You talked about being intimidated by this technology and what's going on. And here we are in our second year. And to your point, you talk about breaking your thumb. Lyndon Hill, right out of the gate, we're like, how are these things going to manage wheel to wheel? We've never done it. And first turn out of the gate here me and andrew coley calling the action bingo bongo talking about racing pinata you get into it and it took a lick and it kept on ticking outside of your thumb but overall just being in that cockpit the noise the experience all that taking it to lyndon hill the birthplace of rally cross and here's nitro cross so in the vehicle i can't tell the difference between um you know a, a gas powered combustion powered machine um and an electric machine. It's yes, okay. it's quieter. I think the biggest difference is the start. It took me so many races. I was four rounds in before I could like, cause you're looking at all the gauges, but you can't hear anything. So I just always went foot to the floor and I'm just lighting the tires up. It's like, you know, if you turn it up to 10, which it's so wild having, you know, all the engineers are like, I, you should be down at five. You should be down at six, like basically take a thousand horsepower and make it 800, but progressive, which is still more than we've ever had. Um, and the lap times in the race are faster, but I like to have that power at my fingertips. And <laughs> as soon as I feel that traction, but on the start line is the only difference because you're there. And I was in Sweden and it was funny because it was in a Swedish accent, which is it's very American to be perfectly honest, but they were making a yo mama joke uh, to me. And I'm on the starting line and I'm like two seconds for the, the, you know, I say gate drops, but the, the lights go out and we, we take off. 
And I've never, ever been able to hear anything but the vibration of like my brain rocking around in my head because of like dirt bikes or two strokes or, or rally cars or like just pop, 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 pop. Um, but when you take off, you can actually feel the car more. Everything makes sense. We still have three gears in the cars. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's yeah. automatic. No, we have gears in the FC1X because we want to know jump speeds and to have like a maximum, you know, and a maximum wheel spin. Because a lot of times you come out of the corner, if you're in, say, second gear, your wheel spin can only go 115, where mm -hmm. they'll go 180 in, in third, and you're just losing time waiting for it. So it kind of helps you to gauge that throttle, especially at the beginning. Um, and it helps with the jumps as well, like I was, I was saying there. But at the end of the day, I like the electric. It, it, it's mm -hmm. <laughs> You don't notice the difference. It is freaking, it, it's awesome. And we have so many opportunities to now go race in town in um, cities we have opportunities mm -hmm. so many motocross tracks are getting shut down especially when the four strokes came around because it just the the noise went further so i believe racetracks are going to have less stipulations they're going to have less um restraints on when they can perform what how late they can go uh, how early they can start like this is going to open up yeah. so much in the motorsports community that is a great, very, very valid point as far as motorsports goes and the progression of that with Formula E, Extreme E, right? You know, Leah Block's racing that, Tanner Fowl. I mean, many of our friends, RJ Anderson, Amanda Sorensen, so many of our friends are racing Extreme E, which is a great compliment to off-road electric, right? So yeah, here's Fraz the EV. Too. What's that? Yeah, yeah, Fraz, Frazier McCall. That's what I'm saying. So many friends. I'm like, the list goes on. We're always guilty of that. Like, who, what, when? Um so, I mean, we're going to bounce around here. This is what I love about this new format of, of the Electrify podcast is you just came from Goodwood, man. The family huckster. I just I just reposted a video of you just ripping with the, the active arrow and all that. How cool is Goodwood for anybody that's never gone? I've, I've been a few times. Um, how cool is it ripping up the hill? And how cool is that huckster, dude? Wagons for life. I'm a big wagon guy. Did I have to say the 83 wagon um, is probably the most fun vehicle. Everyone thinks of a wagon as being bigger right? And it looks big when you mm -hmm. see it. It is so much smaller than the, well, anything I've been driving, but it's even smaller than the rally cross cars by, by quite yeah. a bit. Um, so that makes it feel like a go-kart. So I've got 860 horsepower, not as much as the, the FC1X, but it's a very small, very light vehicle that doesn't look like it should be sliding or anything. It doesn't have any, it has active arrow, but it was just a happy coincidence. We basically made arrows. So because the front um, hood of the car uh, catches so much wind like an 83 wagon does it just nosedives from hell mm -hmm. um so we had to put something on the rear like a wing uh to hold the rear down so it could fly a little bit more nose up um ironically when we hit the brakes because it's such a soft platform if you will it, the rear was really difficult especially at the end of this one long straightaway it comes up over a crest it's just basically a driveway at goodwood um but the back end was all over the place and one of the engineers was like what if we put the flaps up so you're going 150 miles an hour. And when I hit the brakes, the flaps come up and it gave me a couple hundred pounds on each tire. All of a sudden we, we got no a way. half second out of the car. I was like, man, this is great. Yeah. Because didn't last year, it didn't have the, the actual rods, right? It was just flaps or did it always have the rods? And it is active arrow when you go on, is it G force based or is it throttle based? Where's that at? So we can hook it up to anything. It's um for an '83 wagon. It's got a lot of computer uh, technology <laughs> for sure. Well, I um, saw that. Yeah, I saw the digital display. I saw all that. You did a really good walk around video. But so, but again, because this is the second year that vehicle has been at Goodwood, so right? So last year, year we we had it for the final. Um, okay. where, but I didn't really get to test it. We just kind of thought about it. We we're like, well, well, actually, one of the engineers was like, 
I really think this could help keep the rear end down. And I hit the brakes and it just stopped. I was like, wow, that it was like, yeah. like I said, happy coincidence. But I mean, I got an eight track still works in this thing. It's like, <laughs> it is so freaking fun and it, it's built like a brick. So it doesn't have all the arrow, which honestly the air slayer, um, the first Gymkhana that I did in, um, you know, Gymkhana 2020, um, yep. hometown shred, if you will, I think is what it was labeled. Yep. That car was so big and it was built for hill climbs, but it had so much arrow. Scott Speedwell loved it, but it was so mm -hmm. hard because it went from glued to the ground to backwards. As soon as it got built, you know, around like three to four degrees of y'all, all the arrow would come off. So it made it really, really difficult uh, to drive sideways. Where this, uh, this new car, I feel like we have real small Yokohama, so it doesn't have a lot of rubber to the ground. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of arrow. So you're always sliding. 860 horsepower, yeah. you're never going straight. It's phenomenal. It's like dirt. It's Yeah, no, and, you know, speaking of Jim Connor and, and that progression and carrying the torch, uh, rest in peace, our good friend Ken Block and, and what Leah and and Lucy are doing with EV is really cool. Pikes Peak, also Extreme E. You know, Leah, or excuse me, Lucy raced the, the uh, all-electric Sierra car up Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Um, speaking of Jim Connor, again, the family Huxer, that thing was all You needed the wings back then, the way you flew over the, the helicopter. If you haven't seen that, which one, what is that one called again? It's what, what number is it? What iteration is it? Just in Florida. So, yeah, uh, Florida was uh, basically Jim Connor 12, um, but it yep. was my second one that I was able to do. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I forget actually what they, they called that. It was like the vacation. I, again, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but we had so many of our friends in there, including Cletus McFarlane, some other homies and stuff. So that was, and you know, I remember, I mean, you were part of Jim Connor five, which I, some people say was the best in my opinion, ripping I, out I San Francisco. I, I mean, it was, it was just so ahead of its time. I mean, practice obviously was the, the big one that, that just broke down. I always say broke down the cubicle walls. Cause I had friends text me and be like, Hey, you seen this guy rip around in a super. I was like, yeah, yeah. And it just blew up. So, um, again, big, big love and shout out to the block family in the block house. Um, but yeah, you did wheelies in, uh, in Jim Connor five, just your whole career. What's next, dude. I mean, I, I'm just going to jump into it. We're only 14 minutes in and we got some time, but what's next for Travis Pastrana outside of being a cheerleader, dad. Uh, yeah, actually sitting outside the cheer gym right now. I apologize. There's a lightning storm that's coming through. If you can hear the rain coming down, I can barely hear myself talk. Apologies on that. Um, it's all good. But no, at the end of the day, man, uh, we're trying to get Nitro Cross off the ground. We're trying to make electric cool. Uh, we're doing the best we can to have the most exciting high flying series. It's not for everybody. We got the fastest cars, the biggest jumps. Um, you know, it's it's wild because I'll design a, a course and everyone will just be like right on the insides. Like we had a, you know, Mick Schumacher came out um, to do just a little test in a Can-Am at, at uh, one of the, the tracks that we had going uh, in Oklahoma. And he was just driving around the inside as fast as can be. It was awesome. And he's like, yeah, it's kind of one line. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I see the race and everyone's driving around the, the one line and I'm like, just go have fun. And he turned the fastest lap that he did all day, just chucking the car all the way to the top in the Can-Am and he's backing in. He's like, God, oh, that line works. It's so cool. But the motocross racers are able to kind of see this different stuff. And the car racers, they go, there's off cameras on the inside. There's berms on the outside. And they drive around the middle. That's just the flat area. Mm -hmm. And I, as much as like I want to promote this series and I want to eventually be driving and racing the series, I need to be out there to show everyone kind of what can be done and to make sure it's as safe as possible and to always be that driver but at the end of the not the driver but the driver that kind of goes back and forth between um what dana white wants he's like man it's got to be crazier it's got to be let's just send it all the way like 
we need to find just a bunch of old motocross guys or young motocross guys. They're just, they understand jumps and they're going to send in some off-road dudes. Um, but the best in the world are the, the rallycross guys and they're the Europeans and a lot of them don't like have Meek. That. You look, you look at what Meek's doing, man. Meek out there is, and I saw, you know, we get you in the booth sometimes and, and you're, you're analyzing what numbers and levels he's at. And it, it's really fun to kind of hack, hack the car, right? Because you're, you're, you're chopping into the capabilities of it, both where the rubber meets the road, where the Yokohama meets the dirt or the asphalt. And then also now you're trying to dial it in like a computer because that's what it is. You're really trying to, you know, control alt delete, you know, let's, let's reset this thing and really find out the perfect configuration. I love that you said Mick Schumacher because I did hear that and didn't know if he was going to, if you were going to bring that up, but yeah, our Valentino Rossi's um, you talk about, you know, uh, everybody from Deegan, you're, you know, Deegan, who is kind of like, Deegan's feel a like phenomenal he's driver too. He's, he's really insane. And, and so are, and so are children that take you for a thousand dollars, Ben Mayer. So <laughs> Man, I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying in Can-Ams, I don't know why we got to bring up old stuff, but uh, you know, that's, that's what it is. The, the diversity of Nitro Cross is what I really love. Everything from the Can-Ams to the class 11s and then the drivers, obviously the FC1X being the pinnacle, but Nitro Cross is one heck of a show. We had a great show at Mid-America in Oklahoma a tornado ripped through there that was pretty exciting but um mid-america you have big plans for that thing right and 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 also the tracks through this year i mean we're going to be in just a short time we'll be in utah once again the birthplace of, of rally cross really here in the states yeah, you're gonna see more pavement you're gonna see more concrete um you're gonna see more diverse tracks like right now nitro cross is mostly dirt tracks it's mostly done on kind of off-road truck tracks the more technical off-road truck tracks we add some big jumps um but I want jumps not just to be there as a spectacle. Everyone's like, well, you can't hit it wide open. It's not built right. I'm like, no, you can't hit every whoop section wide open or every triple wide open. Like, I want the drivers. And we got to work into that where we slowly get more and more technical, where we have rhythm sections and doubles and triples and even jump on, jump off. As Chris Meek, you know, everyone else is saying the cars are super strong and we're not like it, it, the jumps are too big. Chris Meek says the jumps are too small and the cars aren't aren't strong enough. And I want more. He's using expletives as words. He's like, "Let's go, you beep! Come on!" <laughs> right? He's calling he's everyone. He's calling other drivers out. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I don't know. Oh, if you I, I, saw, I saw the lightning. Oh, it's good. Yeah. We're, we're talking um, about electricity, dude. Thor's hammer is just about to drop on you. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's so cool how many different drivers from different sports are excited to try Nitro Cross to kind of push their limits. And yeah, we don't want this just to be a dirt sport. Like we've got good funding right now, good new investors that are excited about it. Um, you know, it's going to take some time to build, to let people know about these sports. But, you know, you get a guy like Kyle Busch that comes in and gets fourth, his very first race. Um, you know, that's that's cool. I want to see more guys from motocross come in. I want to see more guys from off-road, um, you know, indie cars. Like you see Connor Daly and, and even F1. Um, you'll see different guys and girls shine in different parts. Uh, got girls like Leah Block. Holy cow, her confidence. Uh, she's a, a chip off the old block, if you will. Absolutely phenomenal. She's forging her own path. Um, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the Group E, I bet, by the end of next year. Yeah, and she did. You know, Unfortunately, she got penalized there at Mid-America and, and got pushed to the back of the pack. But as far as she finished first, but, she uh, but won overall, that every, was... Uh, every race she did. Unfortunately, the results her times Her times were blazing. And, and I'm going to get her and uh, and Lucy on the, on the podcast. I want to talk with them about their EV experience from Extreme E and Sierra Car and all those things. Yeah, the tracks are exciting. The people, all of it. Talk about the FC1X development because that's not just an overnight thing. And concurrently, there are multiple different 
EV rally cars being prepared and built from WRC stuff, right? I mean, Ford just dropped their new Mach-E rally car at Goodwood. Did you have a look at that? And how does the FC1X, and again, development, you know, with the Olsberg's camps and the Ericsson's developing this with FC, which is the company in itself kind of working, you know, together. But this isn't an overnight fluke. This is this has taken a long time and a level, a lot of level of entrustment as well. You know, I've never seen, and that's kind of, what I, was, I got off on a tangent before, but no, it's okay. I, yeah, always. I've never seen so many competitors working together because they believe that Nitrocross can be that excitement that they've been missing in racing. It can be that camaraderie. It can be that fun. It can be the Nitro Circus or the Nitro World Games compared to the X Games. Like, you always need the X Games. You always need the Olympics. But there's a way that we can have fun racing cars again, that we can challenge ourselves, that we can challenge the manufacturers, and we all want to see this succeed. We're all working together. So the drivers want to see the fastest, the most, the, the strongest, um, you know, the most insane cars on the face of the earth. We're working with Yokohama. We're working with KMC Wheels. We're working with everybody to really build this ultimate vehicle with the most possible suspension. And they're like, oh, we could, you know, we could drop the ride height. And I'm like, no, because then we can't jump it as far and we can't keep the vehicle intact. So we're changing the rules of racing to make it so that this vehicle is always capable of doing the biggest jumps. It's a WRC car with mm -hmm. four times the amount of horsepower and the tracks that is going to be the best from every different discipline. And if you're great at snow, awesome. There's a snow round. If you're great at pavement, mm -hmm. shoot, Lyndon Hill was all big, pretty much almost entirely pavement. Um, we, I want to have an all pavement track. I want to have an all dirt track. I want to have an all snow track. I want to have a mix of everything. We want to bring concrete into this where there's polished concrete on the inside and maybe pavement on the outside. And maybe we put a, a water sprinkler system, like a skid pad in front of some of it. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk to Robbie Madison. I mean, he rode a dirt bike on a wave. So why, why not, you know, rally cross on the water? I mean, you've, 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 I mean, you've raced cigarette boats, right? I mean, shoot. But, uh, and again, you're, you're so multifaceted. And again, you talk about X games and I remember when you're going to kind of, you know, unfortunately you, you hurt yourself, but they promoted the heck out of that X game. X games is back in Ventura. I watched it. It was actually real. it felt, it felt familiar to be honest. Did you watch any of X games at all? Or were you, were you busy, uh, cheerleading no, guy I, I, well i i was actually i was racing uh roundy round but it was great because um i got to see uh moto best trick it was actually at applebee's <laughs> and it was <laughs> i had him turn the volume up it was amazing dude a cliffhanger front flip and again i apologize for the lightning storm that i happened to be in it's and, cool and yes, it's very trip. on point it's on the nose <laughs> with the ev thing so it, it's very on brand it's it's electric boogie woogie so yeah, and and dude, and Jacko, like Jacko came back, dude. He's like, uh, Jacko and I had a, had some time in the car together when we were in Oklahoma. We uh, I picked him up at the hotel and we drove out to the to the venue and had some time to go. So I think he got second, um, in in best trick or yeah, something like I that. Mean, so, yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised at, at the judging. It's always surprising, but you know what? I I can't do body burials. So like, and I can't do front. I can't do any of the stuff they were doing. But I know that you had Jay Archer was over my house practicing. And he learned that trick two days before he went to X Games. Um, then you got Josh Sheehan, so he did a double backflip, no hander. He'd been doing a yeah. double back knack, but they're doing it on the seventy-five foot all the, the new Levi ramp. So it's got a little yep. bit more pop, but they're getting so much distance out of it. It's so freaking amazing. Um, and then uh, you got electric bike, uh, Josh Sheehan. They're thinking maybe quad flip potential because it accelerates so hard and so fast. It's like a snowmobile when you hit the gas. 
it just rips it around even faster than, you know, so you'll be able to stall flips, start them, stall them, um, kind of like, you know, a handbrake with a, a rally yep. car or with an electric car. We can fly those so much better than we can um, a combustion because it's like shifting up through all the gears. Yeah, and that's and that's what you're saying there is basically uh, the EV bikes. What have you experienced those? You're talking about Sheehan's bike and and what you know the progressions happening there. What's your experience like with them? If it's Cake or KTM or anything like that, have you ridden those at all? No, I, I think it's interesting though because my kids won't really run anything else. Um, you know, they're seven and eight years old, um, yeah. not as big into motocross as obviously I was at their age, but they like that they can run all the, the KTM. Um, you know, the, the 50 is a fairly big and the, the senior fairly big fairly fast and they, they can rip that around our backyard like in their neighbor's backyard and we always go watch supercross uh during the winter you know having a like little cookouts and all the kids are ripping their electric bikes and none of the neighbors complain so long yeah. as we keep it watered or whatnot because they can't hear anything and i think it's gonna help so much for the kids because now they're like this is so simple i don't have to do anything i don't have to worry about power bands i don't have to and there's a, a part of me that will always miss two strokes. We'll miss mixing gas and kicking ass. Okay, boomer. I'm joking. I'm totally. Jo- I'm totally joking. <laughs> yeah, I but- know it's a soft spot, dude. Obviously, we grew up with it, and there, and that's that's the conversation that I'm having since I've been starting hosting this and kind of being open about it. Is it's not like ice is going away. I you know, and I've had on my other podcast with with AAA. It's we talk about um i had an interview with the dude that leads the carb like the california air right in california and he talked about there will he even said he's like cars will be dedicated to race tracks or something like that maybe in the future and you have them and you pull them out kind of like i mean shoot you you see model a's or model t's ripping around like jay leno if you got a freaking steam powered car right that will will it be like that tbd but we can apply this technology Two motorsports, which we know and love, Travis and, and myself and anybody else obviously who's listening to this, loves go fast goodies or go crazy goodies. So it, it's a complement to the progression of of where we're going, you know, right? I mean, is that right? I mean, what, what I don't know. El- elaborate. Uh, if I was going to elaborate, I'd say that it's very difficult to convince my dad's generation that anything mm. that doesn't sound extremely loud and shake your your, your brain from the inside. Like my dad, he's even bummed out. He went to an F1 uh, just this last year. And he was like, dude, when I went to my first F1, it shook my soul. He's like, these sissy cars driving by. I'm like, dad, they're like 10 times faster. Like get, get over it. You know, oh, back in group B, those were, you know, back when those guys were crazy. You know, we, hey, back in the seventies, two people died out of 20 every, every year in F1. I'm like, yeah, that's, that these are all negative things that like we're, we're progressing. And those, those airbag landings, I tell you, you guys have gone soft. I'm like, you guys used to jump. You thought the great escape was the greatest, biggest jump ever. He jumped over a three foot fence. The J.O. Archer and Josh, he had her 115 feet in the air doing a triple backflip. Right. right. So yes, there's, um, there's people, what they, they grew up on and, yeah, when I was just riding two stroke this morning and man, yep. the, the smell when it, it, I love it and it's nostalgic, but my kids don't have that same, they hear two strokes and they think scary. They think clutch. They think all of this stuff when they see an electric bike, they think fun. And I mm-hmm. feel like, um, you know, my mom, I love her. She's always supported everything that I've done, but the noise would always kill her. Like when I was out, she was always yelling, stop riding. It's too late to be riding your dirt bikes. I, I, Mom, I love you. 
Um, yep. But, you know, you could, and she was someone that was in the family that was in a very loud family that liked the noise. Um, so I think there's a, a lot of positives to take from this. Uh, the power, the speed, the torque, um, the excitement, you know, is good. And like you said, Von Gidden is talking about, hey, can we make noise? And we've been on the fence with Nitro Crust because what I hate is when you go out of sight anywhere. Uh, if we take ERX, for example, when the supercars went out of sight, you get the pops and the bangs and you knew what was going on. It's like when you watch the Supercross and you hear someone panic rev, everyone looks in the crowd. They're like, that's where the crash is about to happen. With the electric cars, when it's in front of you, it's exciting. But the second they go out of sight, mm. there, there's not a lot going on. You don't know what's happening unless you got that big screen TV. So it's forced us to really, you know, and you guys announcing, like you have to really take the crowd step by step what's going on. So it takes better announcing honestly it takes better uh not better announcing but more educated like you guys have to be on point like you are um and you got to have big screens everywhere and you got to have um ex more excitement to kind of mix in to to bridge this gap from my dad's generation to my kids generation but i feel like at the end of the day we want a sustainable environment we want um, to be able to race cars uh, as population grows and all of our tracks are getting shut down. Like there's mm -hmm. so much positive. And I want the fastest cars. I want to race. Yeah, they, and they are. Around. That's insane. They they are. And, and yeah, three three drag strips closed this week. Atco, Atco closed in New Jersey. Crazy. Um, you know, and is that a sign of the times? I think it's just a sign of, look, you know, population, a lot of people and, and racetracks and racing. And it is what it is. But yeah, overall, FC1X, uh, the, the car is, absolutely incredible anybody that comes out and watches and i you know people like i'll tell people oh i announced formula drift i announced nitro cross like oh i, I think that's that travis right travis is like yeah dude like come out like glenn helen utah you know here we are you know uh, we're going back to calgary like you said that's that was such a fun race crazy how in montreal we got both warm weather on both ends of the spectrum that was a bummer because it got a little slushy but <laughs> but some really rad racing overall like it you know you can't beat the you can't beat the scandos in the snow, Travis. I don't know what you got to do, but you got to bring it to Fraz, him. Fraz, I tell you, Fraz, he had. He oh, Fraz was the fastest. Him. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but but the Ericsons. I'm talking about the Ericsson bros. They no, they are they, the. They, yeah, I, dude, they kind of know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> Scandinavians, those, uh, those darn Vikings. I tell you, they've got it kind of figured out. But you know, that's what's exciting with the Yokohamas. We had like the biggest spikes I think ever used on ice racing. And the first lap around, it was slot car racing. It honestly mm -hmm. felt more like pavement racing than anything because you're just, you're hooked. And the second you get out of, like, onto the fluffy snow on the outside, you've got nothing. So mm -hmm. it went from the most grip I've ever had to zero grip. And it took a lot of perfection, which is really not my forte. I don't know if you've noticed, but I, I kind of like just to wing it and throw it in there real hard and see what happens. Yeah. It was yep. good having Scott Speed as a teammate. Uh, I was just going to say that. You even you even brought him back this last season to to get some some pointers from uh, from again your Subaru teammate on the on the year uh, a couple of years ago. No, without a doubt, he's uh you know I think he would drive really well on this uh, the FC One X, just putting the power down super smooth and being really consistent. Scott was interesting because I had him as a spotter for one round, and I had made a couple mistakes, and we were quickest in practice, and we qualified first, and then I got destroyed on the first race. Just made a lot of dumb mistakes, and I came back to the the semi. And I was like, all right, we're going to win. Scott goes, all right, well, you can't, don't say you're going to win. There's no way you can determine that. Like that has to do with a lot of factors that are outside of your control. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get the whole shot. He's like, okay, again, something that you can't control. 
I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to suck. He goes, well, if you talk negative, that's what's going to happen. I was like, Scott, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to do the best that you can to do the greatest start that you are capable of doing and then make good decisions from that point on. And it really, it, it, it messed up with my mind. I had the worst race of my life. I was so confused. <laughs> But that's interesting. That, but that's a glasses half full kind of opportunity, right? You know, you have that that water, or that juice, or that beer, or that black rifle coffee in your cup, right? You know that's there, but it's the absence of something that's not there that you don't know, right? Like, what else is going to be? Are you going to fill it with creamer? Are you going to fill it with you know a mixer or whatever? You know, it, that's and that's that's Scott's mentality, and that's what's taken him. I mean, back in the day, you know, he was on Red Bull. He did that search. He was the he was the great American hope for Formula One and and all that, and then and then he does different iterations of motorsports. I mean, he's a, it's interesting because you and your Connor Martell teammate or your Vermont sports car teammate and Connor Martell, you always say it, we're very, very similar. So, you know, as far as mind sharing and, and race notes, you're saying it's, it's very comparable to each other, as opposed to Scott, you and Kai, oil and water, no pun intended. No, it's, it's very difficult to have a teammate that's so similar to me. It'd be like myself and Chris Meek being on a team or Connor Martell. We all were full send. Uh, we're quick from lap one, but as drivers like Scott Speed, they analyze everything and they pick up those that little bit. Um, and they're better on certain areas, and you know we're better on certain areas. Uh, but at the end of the day, Scott was really good. And the only reason I won this championship uh, back the first year was because of Scott on the team and being able to see this data. And he would get on me so hard. He'd be like, "Look, why did you overshoot this corner? Like, forget crashing. Like, why would you miss your your mark?" And I'm like, well, because you were faster, because, uh, you know, Erickson's faster or, or Robin or whoever, any yeah. of the guy. And he's like, right. But, you know, this is the furthest you can break in this corner. And anything after that's not going to work. I'm like, right. But I've done the best that I can. And I'm not fast enough. He's like, then take a third, take a fourth, take a sixth. But why are you going? Why are you pushing to get a second or a first when you know this is fast you can go that day? I'm like, cause gosh dang it, if you can do it, I can do it. He's like, that's not the, you have to go back in and you have to work on the car and you have to figure out how you can go faster, but you're not going to go faster simply by charging in harder. He goes, you'll just go slower. You'll wear out the tires. And it was such a, he couldn't understand why I would push over my limits ever. He's like, this is as fast mm -hmm. as you can go. And I couldn't understand why he couldn't figure out that if there's someone going faster, <laughs> you're going to push. And what's interesting about Scott, too, is he gives you this great insight and this feedback about like, look, this is all you and the car are capable of man and machine in marriage. But when Scott got second, he was first place loser. I mean, you were on no fear for multiple years. I mean, that's that's a, that's an iconic no fear T-shirt graphic, you know, second place, first place. First he wore it like a bad suit. You know, he, he would wear it really terribly. Well, hey, man, good race. No, it wasn't. You know what I mean? So it's it's funny, you know, and, and I love Scott and he's he's very as a matter of fact, and that's his analytical mind. I mean, he hasn't he's never touched alcohol, so I don't know if I could trust him. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but that's just an old adage. Uh, but no, he's he's a he is a tremendous racer and, and give credit where credit is due. He is he's very dynamic. I know he's got great feedback. He's he's very challenging of himself and his teammates, to your point. Yeah. Well, so a lot of people don't get so I it sounded negative on, on my side here. No. Scott Speed is is very methodical he's very robotic about how he approaches racing how he approaches life um everything and he's he's very passionate um but he always tells you what he thinks and a lot of people can't handle scott um it be, because he rarely gives a compliment he gives comments 
He just tells you how he feels. And he's usually right. He's very, very good. I mean, honestly, he's right now, he's coaching Alex Bowman and maybe uh, the greatest driver in the world, probably the greatest NASCAR driver in, in uh, Kyle Larson. And, you know, I'd love to get Kyle out, honestly, to, to mm-hmm. one of these races. I think uh, uh, definitely uh, DRR was was looking at that uh, before. He's expressed a little bit of interest, but, uh, you know, him and guys like Joey Logano, who I think yep. are, are phenomenal drivers, that, that really show some interest. But um, back to the, the, the point here is he, the best drivers in the world, go to Scott Speed for coaching. Not because, more or less because Scott will always tell them what he feels and he's always watching, he's always looking. There's never a second that I come in from a race that he isn't on the computer or watching another race or going over data. He 100% of his life is dedicated to being the best Scott speed he can possibly be and the greatest racer out there. And he is always up. He will learn from anybody. If someone's going faster, he doesn't care if you're only better at this one thing and you're cocky and you're this and that, he'll still pick that out and be like, you're doing that great. You know, and that's, it's pretty neat to be able to learn from anyone. And then Scott learns from everybody. And he's, and he's seen it all like, yeah, exactly. So it, it's cool seeing the diversity of racing and racers and seeing their background. I mean, he's a karting kid, right? And and you, you came from the two wheel world and, and then you applied it to four wheels, right? So he came from the four wheel karting world with his dad and his brother and his sister's his brother is a wheel man too. Like there, there's oh, yeah. a lot of talent. I mean, they live, they live up their name, literally speed. So, but you know, what are you speaking of? And we're kind of doting on Scott speed, but what are some other drivers that you've had conversations with to participate in nitro cross? And again, I really want to kind of dote on nitro cross. You and I are both part of it. Um, I've had the pleasure of announcing it for multiple years. And, and I love, I love the product, love the brand, love Dana White's fervor and met a lot of the team at Oklahoma and want to see where it's going, but names, people, places, Anything else you kind of want to promote? So, well, I can't really talk about a lot of, but there's a lot of NASCAR drivers, a lot of IndyCar drivers, um, a lot of even everyone from Cletus McFarlane, uh, you know, to, to you know, Leah Block. And a lot of the, the female drivers are getting a great opportunity in the, the Can-Ams and the lights. Uh, they've done exceptionally well. I think Extreme E has brought a lot of light and a lot of help uh, to you know, kind of encourage women racers to, um, to not just be the best, uh, female, but to go head to head against the guys. There's no reason that a female can't be the best driver in the world. I've stuck to that. It's not, you know, it's not a physical sport. It's a technical sport. Um, you know, obviously there's physical attributes to it. Uh, you do take a beating if you, you crash, there are some impacts and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think extreme E has really brought up the level of uh, the female racers. And I'm so excited to see so many of the girls that are in nitro cross also competing in that and getting uh, guys like Matthias Ekstrom, um, who are really helping, you know, like with Liasans, bringing her up um, to, you know, to try to get the females to the, the same level that the guys are. And I feel like in the next year or two, we're going to see not just one, but a handful of female drivers kicking some ass in, in nitro cross. Mm-hmm. And I- I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, as this is kind of the the most macho, if you will, of, of all the sports, and you have so many badass dudes that are really scared that are, you know, this isn't a sport for everyone. Like I said, this is, we need more WRC guys like Chris Meek coming in that aren't afraid to absolutely send it like Rally Finland. Uh, we need more off-road guys coming in. Um, you know, we've had, obviously, Brian Deegan did extremely well. Um, you know, you've, you've had uh, BJ Baldwin uh, came in, had a lot of fun in the, the Can-Am class. 
um, you know, heck, there's so many of, of the top drivers that we're really talking about getting over here. And even, um, you know, I'd love to see Kimi Raikkonen come over. Yep. Um, we have uh, Sebastian Vettel. Yeah, you've been talking a lot of smack to Vettel since Race of Champions, right? You're like, what's up, bro? What's going on? When are you coming over? Because he's talking. You know, here's Jensen who just raced the street race. Or no, he did 24-hour Le Mans in that NASCAR. That 20. So uh, everybody's crossing over, which I think is great. And and and, and you're, you're, no, you're so a no, consummate student. Noah Gregson came over as my spotter. We actually won our first round with him as my spotter. And he's like, I'm in. I'm in. So he's been talking to all the guys at Black Rifle. And I think we'll possibly Phoenix uh, get Noah in, into the car. So it's going to be uh, going to be really cool to see to see there. Um, you know. Anyway, the list goes on and on. It's hard no, to it's cool. Yeah. Hopefully, Noah's got his really cool bowl cut. I, I saw his birthday the other day, and he had his really sweet Wendy's race suit on with that crazy Oliver Tree looking bowl cut. So I, I'm I'm here for it. Um, but you know, we are going to Utah in a little bit. You can find Nitro Cross on Rumble right exclusively and that's and that's kind of where we're at and it's, live it's really and cool. free it is that's free right. globally which is uh we're not behind a paywall anymore i'm like we guys we gotta we gotta show people how awesome the sport is so thank you everyone for watching and uh that's uh that's checking out the sport for sure yeah check it out on rumble that the slap fights are there you got you know you got you got street league skateboarding you got nitrous like rumble is this new platform that we are heavily promoting um dana white and his whole team are behind so hezbla is coming to race for us huh it's we're gonna get a little tiny car that Hezbollah could drive, right? I that's that's the rumor. <laughs> I'm I'm out of that. I just think that's gonna be hilarious. That's he was a cool dude. Cool dude. Yeah, I I I know uh there was a, a great big powwow getting all the racers together, including you, Connor, Chris, Fraz. Uh, so many great personalities, and that's what I love about it. With with the price of admission, if you come in the building of Nitro Cross, you get complimentary access into the pits. You can high five and handshake Travis and amongst the whole field and cast of characters of people with again class eleven, Blake Wilkie in Oklahoma. Super excited to get him back out there. I think that he made it amazing. It was so big. <laughs> so sick. Class eleven, if you don't know, they're Baja bugs. Take a look at them. I mean iconic car in the open desert. But now we're bringing them to Nitro Cross. So that's what's beautiful is you have this great juxtaposition of these tiny little, you know, four banger, little Volkswagen bugs with this long travel that can that can handle it. And then you got the the future. The future is now Nitro Cross. I mean, did I did I encapsulate all those things well, Travis? I mean, again, you're the unofficial mayor. No, it, it's <laughs> fun. And the, at the end of the day, like my biggest goal for this is to set up a series of the drivers enjoy driving. I feel like with Nitro Circus, we learned that the entertainment wasn't necessarily how hard the trick was, but how well you could relate that to the audience, the everyday you know, person that, that wants to be a part of this. And with Nitro Cross, we have these huge jumps. I want these Talladega banked rights and lefts. I want passing where we don't have to put it in the hands of the Storts to be like, oh, that was too aggressive or that wasn't. I want to be where you can go high, low and you can, you know, the drivers are equally as scared as they are excited and they're having fun driving the course. I think when, when Ken Block uh, drove Utah for the first time, he said, this is the most fun I've ever had like this is the single greatest driving course I've ever driven. And what he meant was it's so fun with one person, but going side by side over these big jumps, he's like, it takes a whole different mindset. And he was so scared, which is rare for Ken. And then he went over the huge jump every lap because it's a quarter second faster than not hitting the jump with a flat tire completely sideways. He's like, well, it's a quarter second faster. What do you want me to do? And I just think <laughs> the drivers, they have this mindset, but then when they get out there, they just, everyone goes for the win. And it's uh 
it's a fine balance of safety and excitement of entertainment and uh, to make sure that it's the most legit racing on the planet. I mean, you're building real life Hot Wheels tracks. And I'm just thinking of Ken. I know he was, and, and to your point, I know he always loved the New Zealand rally. They had those big, beautiful bank turns. The scenery is awesome. But but overall, I think it was the the landscape and the the undulation of those turns that he really liked. So now here you can take the the, the, the turns of New Zealand, the Talladega turns, these, you know, and, you know, I know Oklahoma, what it was this year to next year is going to be very different. That, that it's such a really cool like I said, you're using real life tractors like Tonka trucks and Hot Wheels. Now you've put a pump on it, pumped it up. That's what Mid America is. Next year, it's gonna. I know Vaughn was out there. He was racing his um, uh, class. What is it? Uh, well, Ultra Four. He's racing his Ultra Four. Um, he is, he's working with you on paving some areas that maybe drifting, but also with with rallycross, right? Yep. Um, so we're gonna concrete quite a few of the corners. Um, everyone's like, oh well. You know, it's got to be dirt. I said, okay, dirt, especially with such a, such a big track as Mid-America, I'm like, what would be cool is if you could have polished concrete on the inside, um, textured concrete in the middle and, con- and pavement on the outside. So you take the slowest lines and you make it so you can just carry more speed because there's more grip. So the whole track becomes basically this this ring where, where you can practice. And then if you get the Can-Ams, Can-Ams and the side-by-sides and the uh, Pro 2s and Pro 4s that flip over easier, you just block off, you know, kind of that, that pavement area. And all of a sudden you can still race this, but now the teams don't have to pay $20,000 to reprep the track before they go test. The track's just always available. And that track at Mid-America, like we've got access to, you know, Jason Robinette and the whole crew. They're like, yeah, bring the teams down. They can stay in the cabins. They can, you know, we've got hookups and they bring their motorhomes. And, you know, that's where Sebastian Vettel was like, Hey, I'm traveling with my, my family this year. He goes, I'm already kind of like, I want to get back into to to racing soon uh he goes i just need to take a little downtime and like that's the first place i think we get sebastian was just you know vacationing with his family over there where my daughters they're seven and eight years old and they just did their very first um side-by-side race their very first race of any motorsports and they didn't even know they were going to do it they just showed up at mid-american while i'm out practicing one of the um one of their friends was out there was like oh i'm gonna race and they borrowed two um two side-by-sides and they went out and had the time of their life and I think bringing the families in and building this from the ground up is, is really where we need to go with motorsport uh, to, to put some fun back in and not to get off on another tangent, but my dad, I was in NASCAR, so frustrated, just banging my head against the wall. We qualify, you know, fifth, eighth, and we'd finish 10th, 12th. And I'm like, I just can't do it. And I was so disappointed. And my dad goes, I was like, Oh, dad, I crashed again. He goes, you were backwards at 180 miles an hour, four wide and got 10th. At Daytona, you know, in the, the secondary series, <laughs> yeah. he's like, I would get my left nut to go backwards <laughs> at 180 through the grass. He goes, that looks so fun. And the, the excitement there is has been lost a little bit in racing. And our goal of Nitro Cross is to bring that back. Perfect segue. Great way to end. So we're talking about Travis's nuts or his dad's nuts. He <laughs> would give it. He would. He would surrender his his nuts. Uh, I think overall, he Travis, one. I don't, I don't know. just one, not all of them. Just yeah, we got to keep one. Um, Travis, you're such a great compliment. You're such a, just a kind, you're a proud husband, a father, a friend, a loyalist, a traditionalist, but, but progressive, like all, all these things, man, you, you are it, man. So thanks for your time, man. I know a lot of people are going to, 
tap on your shoulder and ask them about the FC one X. I'm sure you get it already about what are you doing? What, what is this educate me? And I think you dropped a lot of knowledge there on your relationship with EV most recently with nitro cross, but just overall, again, I think, I think you're willing and accepting of this progression. So thank you, man. Hey, thank you for all you do. Honestly, I sorry not to go back and forth here, but it's so cool to have such passionate, um, people involved all around me in every aspect and uh thanks for having me on here and always always happy to talk yeah man all right so check out nitro cross on uh, all the social media platforms and of course you can tune in rumble free around the world rumble watch nitro cross the entirety of the 23 24 season myself and andrew cole there call the action so if you love my voice or you hate it just put it on mute regardless uh thank you so much uh travis pastrana mr 199 i i think i said your name once but you need no introduction so thanks brother i'll let you get back to uh being a cheerleading dad Thanks for listening to the Electrify podcast brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV and follow along on social media for daily clips and more.